Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of College Football Fridays. And ladies and gentlemen, another announcement I'm going to be making is that I'm going to be going into other sports coming up in the next few days. I know that it's just been a select schedule of college football and everything like that. But um, eventually I'm going to be giving my take um, in the next few uh, days, um, you know, upcoming next week about, you know, everything like the World Series, the NBA. NBA is going crazy right now to start. Uh, a lot of speculation with uh, Victor Wembanyama. Uh, Sorry, like I'm just all over the place, but uh, you know, we got Damian Lillard now with the Bucks, and then on top of that too, you know, we have Kyrie Irving on the on the Mavs, actually putting in a little bit of work, and you know, um, a great team with the Clippers getting a lot of great players. I mean, such as you know, you have Russ, even though like he hasn't been the best, but right now for him to play the point guard position is definitely giving a little bit more of an impact for the Clippers. Um, obviously tomorrow we have a very big matchup uh, for. For uh, boxing, for the boxing world, and just the combat sports world, with Tyson Fury going up against Francis Ngannou, so definitely a lot of different things that I got to get to uh, in the sports world. Besides, you know, obviously college football and such, but I already know that it's one of the most popular sports in America, and you know, it's one of the best of all leading league sports. It's one of the best, you know, leading league sports there is. So let's go ahead and take a look at what we got. Week nine, obviously, man. Week eight was a definite shakeup. I mean, so many big things happened, including Utah beating USC eliminating them and also one of the most shocking ones was Alabama was able to come back after Tennessee fumbled not I'm not saying that Alabama's comeback was was surprising it was just how Tennessee was able to dominate the early parts of the game and then just hold Tennessee and Tennessee was held scoreless you know that was like one of the biggest shakeups in my opinion because Tennessee had every kind of not not necessarily right but they had every kind of tool to win that game their defense played great their offense was able to move the ball down the field but then just you know second half just got held just got held to to nothing no no more points and then on top of that too just for Alabama to come back and just and just impose their will and really dominate the game I mean it really goes to show how good they really are um, you know, when, when they're, when they got a little bit of a fire lit under them ever since they lost to Texas and, and there, there's been a little bit of shaky, shaky moments here and there for Alabama. Um, and you know, obviously the first half of that game, uh, was a prime example. Um, but you know, there's still, there's still big things to happen. And on top of that too, one of the other biggest things is, and this isn't really a shakeup. This was just kind of, this is just kind of like, you know, either one had to win or one had to lose, but I mean, Ohio state played an absolutely great game against Penn state. Um, and, and the one thing, the one thing for Penn state that really surprised me was that they just had so many opportunities to move the ball down the field. Um, well, not even just that, like they had so many opportunities. I felt like, I mean, you had a muff punt. You, you also had like the one score that they had called back. I mean, just everything was going up against Penn State, it felt like in that game. But I mean, you got to give Ohio State credit. Their defense played awesome. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. obviously played really well. Um, Kyle McCord really just drove the ball down the field really well. And I mean, just the run game was able, I mean, the run game was, was like stopped to a degree. Um, but you know, it just really went to go to go show that you know Penn State still has some maturing to do in a way if they want to contend for a title, and it was a long shot anyway. Um, if they wanted to contend for a title, maybe get into that top four spot. Um, and also for Drew, for Drew Alar, I mean, man, like he just didn't didn't have the type of game we expected him to um, when it comes to a big game opponent like Ohio State. Uh, and, and I really felt like that game would have been a little bit closer in terms of, like, the offensive efficiency. 
but just the offense of Penn State had so many opportunities, I feel like. And then just, you know, Drew struggled a lot with, with you know, like his passing game and whatnot. And, you know, that's one of the games that I'm going to be getting into a little bit later on. But anyways, the first game I'm going to be breaking down is number six, Oklahoma versus Kansas. So Oklahoma actually nearly was on upset alert and they nearly lost last week against UCF um, in a late surge. And I'm just on top of that, the offense was able to play pretty well. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, I mean, he had he had 205-plus uh, like yards passing and and also uh, Gavin Souchuk. I mean, he scored on the ground, but you know, the one thing that we really saw from UCF is that their creativity on offense really had Oklahoma's defense on the ropes. Um, And on top of that too, just like they just had momentum, you know, they, they had the takeaways from, uh, from, you know, when Dylan Gabriel, like technically didn't really throw that INT, but like the receiver got, got hit and then it just fell into the hands of UCF. I mean, um, you know, their, their rushing defense for Oklahoma is probably going to be one of their biggest uh, concerns. And, like, you know, when they're going up against against Kansas, I mean, you have a great quarterback in Jason Bean, 400-plus yards, uh, um, you know, in their last game against Ohio, like Oklahoma State. I mean, like, he had 400-plus yards, five TDs, and two INTs, though, which is the only downside to that game. But, um, you know, they were outscored 15-7. to and, and their offense, like, because – the thing is, Oklahoma's offense can definitely drive on the field, but and I definitely think that in in their own way, their defense can can definitely buckle up a little bit. But the one thing um, that you really need to be aware of is just like how well that they're running that their running defense is gonna is gonna perform if they play against a team like you know like you know obviously Ohio State or, or someone like that you know. So that's going to be one of their biggest concerns if they are going to make it into the top four. But right now, the race is definitely coming down to to a little bit of a, of a hold. And and I've said this time and time again. Personally, like I said, I just really don't look at, at Georgia and think of them as the number one team in the country. I mean, if anything, just because what just happened, like with Ohio State, I mean, I understand. I understand that, like, technically now that, that Georgia is going to be playing a few more ranked teams – but, I mean, with that, I just feel like Ohio State should have moved up a little bit more. Like, I mean, just call it how it is. Um, and on top of that, too, we'll also talk about, like, with Michigan and whatnot. Because with that right there, I mean, there's always something going on with Michigan. And, and for, for them to do all that, like, sign stealing and everything like that, it's just it's – just, it's just really crazy to see what they're doing. And just, I mean, just so many so many different feelings that, that people can associate with that. Um, and you already know that they're going to get in trouble for sure. Um, but anyways, the game that we're going to get back into now is Indiana versus number 10, Penn State. Yes, Penn State went from, you know, as high as high up as basically six, and now they're 10. I mean, it's really crazy to see how they dropped like that. And, and like, for them, like I said, man, it was just their offensive. I mean, he, like... Alar went for 18 for 42, and their defense played pretty decent against the run game, like I said. But, I mean, it's just Marvin Harrison Jr. who has that spark and can really be the spark plug for, for a team to really get going, and that's exactly what he did. This is just all the momentum. And then on top of that, too, their defense, like Ohio State's defense played great. I mean, JT uh, Tumalau played an awesome game. And, you know, was just able to constantly cause problems. And the coverage that they played on all the wide receivers played awesome. Um, 
And and like I said, man, like they just really need to get back on track, and this is their opportunity to do so against against a not so great Indiana team, and hopefully they get back on the winning track for their sake for the rest of their season. Now the next game we have is Florida State versus Wake Forest. It's going to be a big game for them. You, I mean, you obviously got Keon Coleman, Jordan Travis, and you know they've been rolling, man. I mean, for them to hold a team like Duke, who has such a dynamic offense. Uh, uh, like hold them scoreless and for them to score 21 points in the fourth and hold them scoreless at the second half. I mean, that really goes to show that Florida state is definitely a, a force to be reckoned with. And, you know, they have so much, um, they have so many, like they have, they have two big matchups left um, in terms of like the regular season before we get to rivalry week, obviously. I mean, they have wake forest, big matchup for them because obviously it's a, it's an ACC matchup and, you know, they're marching towards that ACC title. Um, and then after that they got Pitt and then Miami. So definitely going to be a very interesting, uh, set of games coming up for them. Uh, and Pitt's kind of a little bit on the upswing as well, but I mean, man, dude, like take a look at all these other games that we have this week. Pretty good games this week. We have Oregon versus, uh, Utah, very big game for both. Um, you know, for Utah, man, I mean, they just played a really good game against USC. And right now, they've won three straight against USC. And that defense played really good. Bryson Barnes played great with 200-plus yards, three TDs, but one INT. The the uh, offense looked great with Jaquindon Jackson threatening the rushing defense of USC. And that receiving core played great. Sion Vaki played awesome, two TDs. Uh, the defense of Oregon is definitely going to is definitely going to be the biggest problem for Utah, I feel like. I mean, even though their offense, like their offense is pretty good as well, but you know, the the main weakness in that is, you know, when an elite quarterback like Phoenix went up against Oregon, that really caused trouble for for the Ducks secondary. I mean, because it's really hard because when you have someone like that, when you have a QB with with you know that much talent, um, you know, drawing up good plays and everything like that, that really goes to show that Oregon Oregon can can be a little bit mortal but I mean this matchup I just I just see that Oregon is a little bit more of a better rounded team I mean look at how you look at who you have you have Bo Nix who's like a video game character now that he went there instead of Auburn and you have Marquise Irving um you know in the defense man the defense that they got you know you have Evan Williams Justin Jacobs uh Mateo Uyayagile I'm sorry so bad uh Brandon Dorless I mean Blake Purchase uh Jalil Florence those are all sacks against Cam Ward um in their last time out I mean against the Cougars and and you know their defense I mean their offense is pretty good too Washington State um and the defense is definitely going to have to play some of the best when it comes to the secondary efforts. And I really think that they're going to be able to get to the. I really think that they're going to that they're going to get to them for sure. I really think that this that this game is really going to be decided on on how Utah's offense can perform in terms of like going up against that defense and just how well you know Barnes can can attack that secondary for sure. Now the next game we also have is Georgia versus Florida. So like I said Georgia, I mean they've been they've been rolling in the last few games. Their biggest win was over Kentucky, played really good, but even though they lost Brock Bowers, I mean they still have great defensive players. I mean Tyke Smith, uh uh like uh Smell, uh Mondon Jr. I mean the offensive efficiency of Lovett, McConkey, and then also Dejon Edwards. I mean that's just the biggest threat to Florida's defense. And the thing is for Florida, man, like I've said this the past few weeks, is that their their team is just such such a night and day team. But I mean what Florida what Florida did against against South Carolina, even though South Carolina was about to beat Florida, I mean. Graham Mertz played great, 400 plus yards and three TDs, played an awesome game. And then, you know, against Kentucky, they just they just really struggled. And, um, you know, Carson, I mean, for Carson Beck 
to do what they did against Kentucky last time out compared to what Kentucky did to Florida. I just think that for Florida right now, man, is that, you know, they're going to have a really hard time, I feel like, on defense. But we're really going to have to see how the defense performs against Georgia. And, I mean, the one thing that we've seen is that, you know, for Kentucky, Kentucky can be such a night and day team as well because they can be on the upswing, but they're not going to be – in a, they're not going to be in a position like obviously this season to probably be in the top 10 or anything like that. But when it comes to some of the other conference opponents, like they've given Georgia a hard time. Auburn. I mean, you had USC. And now that this time it might be Florida, just depending on how well that defense is. Because that defense struggled a little bit when it came to when they played up against Auburn because it was all about the momentum the momentum and the and the and the like fast attack style that Auburn ran the uh, ran the offense um and I really think that that's probably going to be one of their biggest weapons in this game is that if if Florida can use their their momentum and on top of that just use maybe like a one-two punch with maybe a Trevor Etienne as well um and you have a very big matchup in the ACC as well number 20 Duke versus number 18 Louisville so Duke overwhelmed 38-20 against Florida State. Unfortunately, that I mean, the defense really had a hard time. Offensive went scoreless, and you know it's really frustrating to watch your team kind of go kind of go scoreless, and then you you feel like every single part of the momentum is like in order to stop it is going to be the defense's responsibility, um, and that's like one of the hardest things like being a Clemson fan sometimes is like when you watch that when you watch like such a talented offense um, get hit with something like that. Um, and this game right here against against Riley, uh, this game right here, I mean, the defense the defense started off all right, but I mean if Riley Leonard can get a little bit more a, a little bit more protection in this matchup, I mean it's going to be a very interesting one considering the fact that Louisville's offense, I mean last time I mean Jack Plummer he had two ints and the Cardinals were held scoreless in the second half as well and they had twenty eight points scored on the defense during that second half and that and that rushing defense was definitely tested. Sebo. Uh, Sebo Flemister scored two rushing touchdowns, and Chris uh, Christian uh, Valu. I mean, he threw two TDs. As I mean, just Louisville was just struggling, man. And um, I think that this game is going to be really fun to watch, just in terms of like how great their offenses are. Um, and for the next one we got is Pittsburgh versus Notre Dame. So Pittsburgh right now, that even though they may be two and five after beating Louisville, but you know, almost defeating Wake Forest the last time, but you know. The Panthers right now they've they've really shown up a little bit and um, for Notre Dame though I just think that Notre Dame's gonna be able to steamroll them. Uh, I mean look at the offense you got Audrey Castime and then on top of that you have Sam Hartman who's a great quarterback um, and, and the just the way that Notre Dame played against USC was so definitive and just the way that they were able to shake things up a bit. Um, you know, you had Xavier Watts, Benjamin Morrison, Thomas Harper. Those are all guys that stepped up and really created a hard time for USC. And I just feel like in, in terms of overall, um, in terms of the overall talent, uh, I really think that Notre Dame right here, this is this is probably going to be, uh, you know, hopefully a, a very textbook performance for them. Uh, and now the next one we got is USC versus California. Number 24, USC, the Trojans going up against California. Now, listen. For USC, I mean, after having two losses in a row, I mean, they're out of the CFP title race. And most likely, you're probably not going to make it to the Pac-12 conference title. And, you know, the one thing that's so frustrating about, I feel like, for USC fans is that their, their team is dictated by how well their offense can perform. And that's the one thing that USC as a team 
can really can really do. And I feel like for some of the games that they've won by a convincing margin is how Caleb Williams has been able to play. And, you know, how it's not necessarily the defense getting a stop. It's about how Caleb Williams can can kind of rally the team and then the defense can get a stop, but it's mainly going to be the Caleb Williams show. And, like, we've, we've seen it time and time again. Like, we can look at the scores for USC. I mean, because USC scores, like, look at their defense compared to, like, some of the other defenses in the Pac-12. I mean, with Colorado, I mean, with Colorado, don't get me wrong, they're, they're a more talented team because of all the acquisitions due to what Dion has done. I, I, you know, but 41 points, Arizona, 41 points scored, scored on USC, USC had 34 against Utah and then 48 against Notre Dame. Like when they played against Notre Dame, Notre Dame scored 48 points against USC. And then let's take a look at some of the others. Their, their two lowest scoring games so far of the season, so far of the season are Stanford who only scored 10 and Nevada who only scored 14 and then San Jose state in their season opener scored 28. So their their defense is just something that has to be fixed. There needs to be more. There needs to be more acquisitions, or something has got to change for USC. Because, like in this case, they're never going to get to the to the CFP, including just because their offense may draw up. I mean, but you have great guys. Marshawn Lloyd, one of the best running backs right now in college football. Um, and then obviously you have Caleb Williams. I mean, a, a freaking Heisman Trophy winner. But what I'm trying to say is, for as great as this team is offensively, it lacks on defense because you know a lot of. But here's the thing: a lot of these teams that they go up against are pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, Arizona. Arizona literally smacked smacked Washington State the other week. And then on top of that too, like they near they nearly beat Washington as well. So. These two teams have great offenses, but it just seems like their defense can get easily carved up by another offense with a, with other offensive talent. And that's something that you can't afford because eventually the game's going to get closer and then there's going to be more pressure on your offense instead of like just how their defense is going to do. It's either the coaching and everything else, man. It's just very frustrating for, for USC fans, I can only imagine. And, you know, just even if they were able to be undefeated right now, I really don't see them beating Washington or Oregon. I really don't. And then on top of that too, if they they like even if they barely beat Utah, but for Utah to do that, I mean, great play for them and they just really go to show that they are living rent-free in their heads. I mean, it just goes to show. Um, but for their for their sake, hopefully they can get back on track. I mean, obviously this week going up against California and their last 3 games are going to be some of the hardest games of the season. You have two you have two you have three games after this. As of right now, they're all ranked, and two of them are in the top ten. Like you have Oregon, obviously, right now sitting at number eight, and you have Washington, number five. So for them, man, for their sake, they really got to get they really got to get things you know settled up and and really get everything on the same page, everyone under the same page, and everything like that. Because I mean, even though they're not going to be in the Pac-12, man, I mean, this team this team has has so many pieces on the offense, but I mean. It's just really hard to watch when, when you know, like, it's just all about how the offense performs. Like, there needs to be better. There needs to be better improvements on the defense as well. Um, and the next one we have is number twenty-one, Tennessee versus Kentucky. And dude, after losing that lead against Alabama, I mean, that must have just been a little bit soul-crushing. But you know, Joe Milton played well, two hundred seventy-one yards, two CDs, and the defense played really good as well, man. But just Milrow and, McCle- and McClellan just had a spark, and they were just able to really take over from there. And for Kentucky, you know. 
Kentucky have dropped two in a row. I mean, Devin Leary struggled last time out, throwing two TDs, but I mean, he had two INTs as well. And being and being held scoreless in the second and fourth, really critical quarters right there because those are both and those are both like one's the end of the half, one's the end of the game. Like you need to impose your will in every single quarter. It doesn't matter what. Um, but you know, for their offense, I mean, I just think that the aggressive defense of Tennessee is going to take over this game. I mean, just the way that they were able to to kind of contain Alabama. But then also just kind of get carved up a little bit in the secondary. I just think that it might be Tennessee's game if they if they really start off hot. Um, now the next game we have is Air Force. So Air Force they they might have had they like this game right here might be a little bit more of a tighter game. And and like the last time they played up against Navy wasn't exactly the best performance. But I mean this game right here against Colorado State. I mean Colorado State has really gone to show that they can hang around with teams. And like the way that they played against Colorado, it was a great game for them. Colorado Colorado State. I mean they went double OT. And on top of that too, like just their their offense that they got is is scary to watch as well. Um, but I really want to see how well the defensive Air Force plays. I mean, you have Bo Richter, PJ Ramsey, Patron uh, Zedroik, uh, Jam- like Jamari Bellamy, Alec Mock. Those are all guys that are hopefully going to be creating um, big, big game plays for the defense for the Falcons. Now, the next one we have is number five, Washington versus Stanford. So for Washington, man, like. They can go from having a shootout to just having like a little bit of a weird game. I mean, last time out they scored 15 points and, you know, they just kind of they just kind of looked a little normal. Arizona State, you know, it was 15-7 final score and and you know, Phoenix, I mean, he had 200 plus yards but two INTs and just the defense looked like all the pressure was on them to hold Arizona State. Um and just, you know, they're definitely a force to be reckoned with, but if they make it into the top 4, I see them getting smoked by any other team personally. Um because I just feel like if if Washington played against Ohio State, Washington's Washington's receiving core is going to get eaten up by the type of coverage that Ohio State was able to impose on Penn State. Um, but I mean, you can make an argument that Washington's better than Penn State. But I mean, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is like that's just that's just my opinion. Because if Ohio State plays that type of coverage on on Washington, I just personally think it's going to be it'd be an easy game for for Ohio State to win. Now the next, and then also we have uh, we have Stanford. I mean, even though Stanford are two and five, the offensive efficiencies have been really good. I mean, Ashton Daniels, uh, Elik uh, Ayominor, I mean, been playing really well. I mean, for them to for them to to go out and have a big game comeback against Colorado and win. I mean, that was one of the biggest comebacks in their school's history, probably the biggest. And it really goes to show that sometimes their offense is really well under crunch time. But, you know, last time they were they were getting destroyed on defense. I mean, 49 points scored against. But they definitely have a – they have an opportunity just based off how Washington's defense played last time. They might be able to put Washington on, on – uh, on upset alert, but I don't know. It's going to be a very interesting game to watch. Now, the next game we also have is Ohio State versus Wisconsin. So, for Ohio State, man, I mean, they really – I mean, watching that game, I mean, and even looking at the stats beforehand, very close matchup to begin with. And just for them to really show well with the defense, man, I mean, JT Tumalau, I mean, Kenyatta Jackson, Caden Curry, I mean, guys, played an awesome game. 100%. And then on top of that, too, they just kept the momentum. Meon uh, Williams, he ran for a TD. Marvin Harrison Jr., he had a TD. Just constant spark plug movements by Ohio State. And just their offense just completely outclassed the defense in some areas except for the run game. 
Um, but I mean, well, I think I think the trend's gonna keep on rolling, and I think Ohio State's probably gonna get the win there. Now the next one we have is number twenty-three UCLA versus Colorado. So after dominating a team that came back to beat Colorado, the Bruins won against Stanford forty-two uh, forty-two set uh, to seven. Correction on the on the last one, Stanford uh, Stanford had forty-two, almost forty-nine points put up on the defense. But you know the defense played great. I mean, sacks from Gabriel Murphy, uh, Layatu Latu. Um, Carson uh, Schweisinger, and on top of that, an INT from John Humphrey. The defense of UCLA are definitely going to have to contain that offense because that offense is so dynamic and so explosive. And, like, you already know that for Colorado, they fell their last time out. And you already know that Coach Prime has been really frustrated with the types of performances that they've been putting up. But, you know, their their offense has put up at least 20 points the last three games, and their offensive weapons are very dangerous. And you obviously have the overall Travis Hunter, I mean, really great weapon, um, you have great reliance in Shadour Sanders, man. I mean, he threw for 400 yards and five TDs last time, and their defense just ultimately fell apart. I mean, look at who they have on the defense. Shiloh Sanders, Jordan Dominic, Taj, Taj uh, Alston, and then uh, Kerry Manns. Those are some of the great guys that can show up time and time again for, for Colorado. And the way that they were able to show up against USC when they were kind of getting out class and they almost came back and won, that goes to show that, you know, Colorado is a threat when it comes to how well offenses can play um, and, and how well their defense can, can show up in big-time situations. And they nearly pulled off a huge upset against, against USC, who is ranked, like, a little bit more in the top ten at that time. Um, and now the next game we have is number 25, James Madison versus Old Dominion. So um, for James Madison, a win over Marshall, the Dukes are looking to make a statement win over Old Dominion. And, you know, Jordan McLeod, he was able to run and pass for a score last time out. And, I mean, they're looking really well, especially with their defense. Jalen Green and also Jalen Walker played really great. They had six sacks combined with Jalen Green having five. And I really think that that defense is going to be able to step up. But, I mean, for them, for Old Dominion to also beat an, an always dangerous Appalachian State, like I don't know what it is. I feel like Appalachian State is just like one of those mythic, like those mythic teams that even if they're ranked or not, they always they always cause a headache for some teams. Like people have nightmares about that. A <coughs> and <coughs> M, Texas. So you know, they're they're uh, the thing is about Old Dominion. I mean, for them to beat a team like Appalachian State, who's always been a little bit tough. Um, you know, Grant Wilson and the Monarchs, they were able to play really well. They started off scoreless in the first, but they came back and scored in three straight quarters. The defense played really well, holding Appalachian State scoreless in the fourth. Um, you know, so that's going to be a very interesting little mid-card matchup there. So the next one we also have is UNC versus Georgia Tech. So after losing to Virginia, the Tar Heels now have one loss in their record, and they have to bounce back in a big way. And this game against against Georgia Tech has to be that kind of bounce back. I mean, Tony Musket played awesome. 200 yards, outscored the Tar Heels 17-10. Um, and Marion Hampton and Drake May played well, but they were just unable to outscore Virginia in the last quarter. Um, and the run game of Virginia Tech really proved, proved uh, costly against the defense for the Tar Heels. I mean, Mike Collins had three rushing TDs, and they have to chop up to fix the rushing the rushing. Uh, defense efficiency when going up against a team like Florida State maybe later on in the ACC championship if that does happen uh you know Georgia Tech I mean they lost against Boston College the last time out but uh you know Haynes King he's thrown for three INTs and the past defense got got absolutely waxed last time because Thomas Castellanos he threw for 255 yards and the rushing attack of the Eagles killed him with four TDs combined um and Georgia Tech now have to deal with someone like a Marion Hampton uh who's a very great back for 
for the uh, Tar Heels, and it's going to be really interesting to see how they bounce back. Now, the next one we also have in the last one for the game of the week, uh, for the games of the week, sorry, is going to be number 11, Oregon State versus Arizona. Yes, that's right. So the Beavers, in their last in their last effort, defeated UCLA by 12. Their offense has a big chip, have a, have a really big chip on their shoulder, uh, you know, considering how well that Arizona, how well that they produce on offense as well. Um, and the defense of Oregon State, you know, they really have to play awesome. I mean, guys like Silas Bolden, um, like, and, and also Anthony Gold, those are going to be some of the biggest targets that, that are going to be going up against Arizona. Because just, just the way that they have, the defense that they've got is, you know, Calvin Hart Jr., Joe Golden, Ryan Cooper Jr., and also Akili Arnold. Those are some great guys on the Beavers' defense, and they really have to step up against Arizona because Arizona has a spark plug. I mean, they nearly both upset Washington and USC, and they recently, I mean, they recently just destroyed Washington State. And if they can beat Oregon State, like Arizona is one of those teams right now in the Pac-12 that if they did not have the record they have and if they won those games, they'd probably be one of the top 10 teams in the country if they were able to beat every single one of them. And to go to show that they can hang around with those two teams goes to show that Arizona is going to be dangerous in this matchup as well. And, you know, Noah Fafita, I mean, he threw for over 300 yards. Jonah Coleman, he ran for three TDs. And just their defense had a had a pretty good had a pretty good movement as well with Ephesians Prisock and then Takario Davis both came away with INTs. I mean, it's really going to be a very interesting interconference matchup. But anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening to the College Football Fridays, and I'll talk to you guys next time.